reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Well, hello there and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. I'm Brian Hyde and glad you could join me today. We're going to be talking about an invasive species today, which is not only affecting the state of Idaho, but apparently is affecting a number of other states. States that are ostensibly regarded as red states, conservative states. Of course, I'm talking about the great American GOP rhino. That is Republican in name only. And, you know, sometimes people get a little bit testy when, when you hear the, the the name rhino bandied about. What is that supposed to mean? Is it just, you know, you're trying to marginalize this so the extremists can take over? You know, this, this is kind of a common complaint that uh, we're hearing throughout Idaho particularly. But I was surprised to see that uh, this is a problem. And the problem simply defined is, is like this. There are a number of GOP legislators who talk the talk. Oh, yes, I'm a conservative. Why, I am for lower taxes. I am for smaller government. I support the Second Amendment and, you know, personal freedoms and so forth. They talk the talk very well when they're campaigning. But when they actually go to their state capital and they legislate, they legislate much like they're either centrist or democratic counterparts. And this doesn't mean that, you know, you have to be a hard right kind of conservative. It's just where are the principles? Do they live up to the principles that they profess? And in this case, uh, one of the sure fire signs that you're dealing with an invasive species known as the great American rhino is uh, no, their actions do not match the talk, at least the talk that they're willing to give uh, long about election time. This is an article that was published recently in the Daily Wire, and uh, the headline says, Dem lawmakers vote for leftism in lockstep, while Republicans routinely abandon conservatism, analysis finds. And, and the subheadline is what really tells the interesting story here. Among the 10 least conservative states, when it comes to Republican, when it comes to how Republican lawmakers actually vote, you find states like Mississippi, Wyoming, South Dakota, and Idaho. Again, least conservative when it comes to how Republican lawmakers actually vote. Now, uh, this isn't just a product of someone's imagination. I can hear Jim Jones. Yeah, hey, you're talking about something that doesn't even exist. Um, no, this is this is a real thing. And and um, I live in the Magic Valley, and so I've I've heard this in particular applied to to certain lawmakers in the Magic Valley, and that is they can they campaign as conservatives. Yes, I am a common sense conservative. Anytime there's a qualifier before it, you can probably bet that they're, they're trying to uh, position. It's like common sense gun control. It's it's still gun control. It's still trying to give government a monopoly on force, and it's trying to uh, take away or outlaw people's privately owned property and to deny them the ability to exercise a God-given right, which government does not have the right to do, per the Second Amendment. That's what it refers to, not a right that was given to the American people by that amendment, but recognizing a pre-existing right and denying government's ability to do so. Now, has it stopped the government from infringing? No, it hasn't. But that's only a matter of the people not being certain enough of their rights to stand up and reclaim those rights. So it's, it really comes down to power originates with the people. It was the people who came together and, and through their states 
came together in a convention in Philadelphia in 1787. We're going to be celebrating uh, the Constitution Day uh, anniversary coming up here in just a couple of weeks, actually about a week and a half. And uh, the, the bottom line is government gets its power from the repository, the, in other words, the final resting place of authority. That is the citizenry. We don't get our rights and we don't get our power from the government. It gets its power from us. Okay, thus endeth the civic lesson. Let's talk now about what this analysis found about uh, these Republicans in name only and how, again, this is not just a problem in Idaho, but actually a number of states that you would consider are probably among the most conservative. They have the same problem, and that is legislators who pretend, they, they act, they mimic, you know, being a conservative up until it's time for them to vote. So the Daily Wire says Democrat state lawmakers are more unified and committed to a leftist ideology than Republican lawmakers are to conservatism. Now, that may seem like a no brainer, but this is according to a report from CPAC, this Conservative Political Action Conference. Republicans voted for conservative policies 77 percent of the time. While Democrats voted for liberal policies 87% of the time, they really do stick together in unity on these matters. That's according to analysis of all 7,400 lawmakers in the 50 state houses during last year's legislative sessions. Now, the article goes on to tell us the study by CPAC's affiliated Center for Legislative Accountability concluded Democrats were more likely to stick together on issues important to the party's base or Republicans broke apart. So to put that another way, Republican legislators promised and, and their constituencies expected them to conduct themselves one way, but they acted in another way. So when you hear rumblings, well, these extremists are just trying to take over and they're trying to appear like there's more of them than there really are. No, there are really legitimately upset people that uh, they've been duped by the legislators that they elected. Republicans run on conservative promises, but after they win more of the after they win, rather, more of them abandon the tough votes on key conservative policies when compared to Democrats whose first rule is to stick together. This is what CPAC said. Our analysis shows how moderate Republicans broke apart on key issues like parental choice in education, securing strong voter ID, or putting a stop to COVID mandates. Here in Idaho, we, we saw definitely the school choice issue come down to Republicans who are like, oh, well, maybe I'm not that committed to it, as well as uh, laws that would have protected against putting um, perverted material into the school libraries aimed at children. The governor vetoed it, and enough uh, rhinos within the, the GOP-dominated legislature refused to, to override that, re that veto. So it's a real problem. You saw a, a similar defection uh, when it came to um, outlawing uh, so-called gender-affirming care, the surgical and chemical mutilation of underage, meaning under 18-year-old kids with gender dysphoria. So just a couple of examples of, of where it's seen. But again, this is happening not just in Idaho, but it's happening elsewhere. So I think this helps to confirm that it's not just name-calling on the part of people who are like, oh, you're not getting your way, so now you're you're breaking out the names. No, it's, it's people expressing a legitimate concern. The analysis found a mismatch between the desires of the populace and how state representatives acted, meaning how they voted. We're not as dumb as they think we are, and I guess we, we aren't as easy to fool as they may wish that we were. Ranking among the 10 states with the most liberal Republican lawmakers were Mississippi, Wyoming, South Dakota, and Idaho. 
Now, again, I, I would look at those states, and, and if you said, well, are these red states or blue states? I think most people would say without any hesitation, well, those are definitely red states. And yet, that's where they found Republican lawmakers who departed from conservative principles for some reason. That's despite Republicans holding strong majorities in those legislatures and the state's population overwhelmingly voting for Republicans in election after election. So there, there's something that we might want to consider here. What happens to these legislators when, when they get to that, uh, that uh, ruling class status? Is there something that takes place uh, with, within their thinking? Do, do they feel like, okay, well, now we're, we're living in a more rarefied atmosphere, and therefore we can see things more clearly than the hoi polloi down there below in, in the filth and the muck? I don't know what it is. But it's clear that once they have access to power, and maybe it's access to lobbyist dollars or campaign donations to keep them in power, they're willing to do whatever it takes to stay in power, to say whatever it takes to get people to vote for them, to put them in power in the first place. As I've said before, that seems like a very amoral way to, to approach you know, the, the whole idea of politics, but that's, I think, a good description of how it's done. Now, as a group, Mississippi Republican lawmakers had an average conservative score of 58%, making them less conservative than Republicans in New Jersey, Maryland, and Oregon. How's that? The state where Republicans voted most conservative was a swing state. That was actually Wisconsin, which, by the way, actually has school choice. Isn't that interesting? I would have thought Wisconsin would be... Uh, uh, mostly blue, if not at least, you know, heavily purple kind of state. So the findings emphasize that the states advancing conservative legislation are not doing it because of legislative dominance, but they're doing it because of committed policymaking, which I guess uh, we, we hear that described in Idaho as extremists taking over the party, intimidating and forcing people. Or, and and you know, they, they call intimidation actually holding people accountable. In other words, holding lawmakers accountable to did they live up to the principles that they espoused? And this is, this is one of the common complaints that you hear. Well, you know, the Idaho Freedom Foundation has its freedom index, and, and we don't like how they apply that to, to the way that we voted, you know, in the legislature. Well, of course you don't. Because it shows you talked the talk, but you did not walk the walk. You deceived the people who put you in power. So Florida, for example, is traditionally a swing state in presidential elections, and Republicans don't hold nearly the percentage of seats in the state legislature that they do in places like Wyoming. But those Florida Republicans take full advantage of the majority that they do have with a conservative score of 89%. So maybe it's because they, they understand, hey, we, uh, we have to really stand up and do what we say that we're going to do. Looking at state lawmakers, regardless of party, West Virginia was rated the most conservative in the country. Not only did Republicans dominate the chamber, but they were also complimented by Democrats who were not particularly liberal. Isn't that interesting? Maybe a little more of the rank-and-file Democrats, a little less of the, the partisan stuff. Now, the most radical Democrats were in New Jersey, where they had a 0% conservative ranking, followed by Colorado, Wisconsin, Illinois, Maine, and Oregon at 1%. Now, they actually go through and they break the numbers down for every single one of the states. And, and believe it or not, the red states are actually the worst when it comes to moderate Republicans. That's according to Andrew Roth, president of the State Freedom Caucus Network. He told the Daily Wire in 2021, a lot of Democrats know they can't get elected with a D next to their name. So they put an R next to their name and then they vote like liberals. I'm sorry, but that, that sounds a lot like, uh, well, I'll just single out uh, Republican Governor Brad Little in Idaho. 
You ever hear him talk about the investments? Look at the investments that we're making. This is a great investment. But what he's saying is the very same thing that his Democratic counterparts are always saying. Oh, look at our investments. They're spending taxpayer money and trying to cover the fact that they're spending taxpayer money by calling it an investment. Remember, government doesn't produce wealth. It can only confiscate it. It can only take from people who actually do create wealth and then put it to use, most often political use, which somehow miraculously seems to, to benefit its cronies or their cronies. Oh, isn't that great how that worked out for everybody? Yeah, just just wonderful. So the exact reason for the failure of the most conservative state legislatures to behave like conservatives, at this point, it's unknown. Candidates who are more apolitical tend to run as Republicans since it's the only way to win elections in deep red pockets of the country. And the result is that state houses in 2022 follow a similar pattern as local school boards, often liberal, even in conservative places, with few voters paying enough attention to local politics to notice. Suddenly, all the claims about, well, those conservative voters in the West Bonner County School District, why they came up and they corrected a problem with these two trustees that they didn't like. And next, they're, you know, trying to get uh, uh, Brandon Durst thrown out. They're not conservatives. They may talk the talk. They may pretend to be conservatives, but they're not. Maybe it's just good cover. This also would explain why we have such a fervor right now for we must have open primaries. Because those people who want to run as Republicans or want to try to convince people, yes, yes, I'm a Republican just like you. It's easier when you've watered down the process. to Everybody come in. Everybody come in. It just, it muddies the water in such a way that it, it's hard to tell who really, uh, you know, is principled and who isn't. Let's just flood the ballot with as many people as possible and hope it's enough to dilute the actual principled candidates who are on the ballot. They know that that's an effective strategy. They saw it work in uh, Alaska when Lisa Murkowski was reelected. Activists say that if the goal is conservative policy rather than just winning elections, voters and big donors alike should shift their focus from congressional seats and the presidency to state laws in red states where they can notch wins and show the rest of the nation the result of conservative policies. I think this is actually very sound advice. And now that's a hard sell, too, with, you know, the 2024 presidential race coming up. And, of course, people are looking at the nation's capital. And much of the corporate media reports everything as if all that happens in Washington, D.C. is among the most important stuff in the nation. But I think here we're seeing the beginnings of a case being made that, uh, no, the most important stuff is what's happening closer to home. So maybe a little more focus on those state laws and state legislators would be a better approach. I know that's something I would I would definitely want to get behind. So how conservative were the Republicans in your state house in 2022? These are the top states. Look at that. Michigan, number one. Or I'm sorry, Wisconsin, number one. Michigan, number two. New Hampshire, number three. California, that one actually surprised me. But then I think to be a conservative in California, I guess you, you've got to be the real deal. You can't be just a fair weather friend. Um, they've got their work cut out for them. They, they live and breathe and operate in enemy territory. Iowa. At 90%. Let's see where Idaho fell in this uh, particular uh, ranking. You're going to be a little bit shocked. Whoa, there it is. Number 40 out of 50 states. Right behind Nevada, just ahead of South Dakota, Oregon, and Wyoming. Now, again, Idaho, South Dakota, Wyoming. Those are not states I would count as anything other than, oh, yeah, they're good, hardcore red states, conservative through and through. But the Republican legislators don't vote and they don't act like they're conservative. On the one hand, we should probably feel a little bit vindicated. Well, OK, it's not just us, not just a product of our imaginations. On the other hand, how do you address this kind of thing? 
Well, accountability is a big part of it. And this is one of the reasons why the Idaho Freedom Foundation catches a lot of hate from various groups who really want these not conservative legislators to be able to, to operate with impunity. They don't want the scrutiny. They don't want the light of day shining on them. And so they get angry when someone does shine the, the light of day and does point out, hey, this is really inconsistent with the, the positions you took when you were running for office. But that's the kind of thing that it's going to take. How can you know when that's taking place? Just follow your ears. Did you hear someone saying the word extremist? Mm. That must mean that, uh, that we're, we're getting over the target. All right. Here's another thing that uh, I think was, was worth uh, pointing out. By the way, I uh, want to give kudos. IFF pointed this out to me. The Tenth Amendment Center sent this tweet saying, I saw a really dumb proposal to protect the right to keep and bear arms today. That is an Article 5 convention, that's a constitutional convention, to pass an amendment that would ban the government from making or enforcing gun or weapons laws without a three-quarters vote of approval from legal American citizens. Well, that just sounds common sense, right? But here's the analysis. In other words, they want to put in the Constitution that all you need is a big majority, 75% or more, and gun control is okay. As long as you can get 75% of, of uh, liberty haters together... Well, it's all good, but here's the deal. The Tenth Amendment Center reminds us gun control is a violation of your natural rights, even if you're the only person on earth who believes so. And they're right. And this is one of the reasons why I believe we're seeing such a, a strong push for this ranked choice voting in these open primaries in, in Idaho. Because if we can just get a majority, that's all we need is the appearance that, look, enough people, you know, a majority of people want this. That means you want this. No, it doesn't. The collective versus the individual, just keep in mind, that is the ultimate conflict of our time. And the collective loves the rhinos because the rhinos give them cover to, to move more collectivist policy into place to bring everybody into the Borg, to assimilate as many people as possible. Whereas truly conservative legislators, well, they're the ones out there being called extremists because they're standing up for individual rights and, of course, limiting the power of government in our lives. As the Tenth Amendment points out, they're interested in watering down a complete ban on federal gun control and turning it into a partial ban. Yet another reason why an amendments convention is not a good strategy at a time when most people are ignorant about liberty, the structure of the Constitution, and so much more. And maybe that sounds elitist, or maybe that sounds like a very harsh judgment on the part of, you know, the Tenth Amendment Center to say, what do you mean most people are ignorant about liberty? It's true, though. And this is one of the reasons why this, this open primaries and ranked choice voting is such a high priority for the rhinos in the state of Idaho. The masses are easier to fool. I've heard it said it's because the M is silent in some cases, and, and it may be. But the truth is, the masses really are either easier to fool than individuals who are actually actively engaged and studying things out and, and reasoning through before they, they vote. There's something about the herd mentality that has been taught or indoctrinated into a lot of people, and it's a very, very difficult habit to break. But this is what uh, the, the folks who are pushing for open primaries and ranked choice voting are counting on. If we can just get enough people, if we get enough of the masses in there, you know, then we can we can overcome the effects of those principled people. Speaking of overcoming the principled people, 
had a chance to talk with Ilana Rubel the other day about uh, abortion. And, and she shared a, a Statesman article about, uh, well, you know, Idaho residents are having abortions at ever higher rates in, in nearby states where they have access to abortion care, which, again, negates the idea that, well, then I guess the law is somehow infringing on their right to uh, so-called reproductive health care. Obviously not. They're able to find it uh, just across the state line. But to get a peek into the, the depth of depravity that defends abortion as, as something that is not only, you know, um, regrettably necessary sometimes, I'm kind of semi-quoting Bill Clinton, well, you know, it should be safe, legal, and rare. No, they, they want to take it one step further. Check this out. This, this is a pastor that's making this claim. Abortion access is holy and life-honoring. I guess in the same vein that sacrificing your children to Moloch was holy and life-honoring. But let's take it a step further. What does she mean by this? Forcing people to give birth reveals such little respect for life and the well-being of everyone involved. Okay, what about the innocent life that's at stake? How is it showing little respect for that life or that, uh, that person's well-being, unborn though they may be? Okay, so she'll double down one more time. God calls us to create abundant life for everyone. That demands honoring people's agency to choose whether they bring new life into the world. Abortion bans violate essential religious freedom, and they treat human beings like talking points, not folks made in God's image. Okay, there's some pretty industrial strength sophistry here, but essentially what it looks like she's saying is man's laws are what God would follow if only he had the facts and understood this as well as we do. Sorry, but uh, it's hard to picture anything more um, of an affront than throwing the gift of life back in God's face by destroying an innocent life just because it's inconvenient. And that, that opens the door to some other inconvenient lives. Well, you know, Mom, I know you're 86 years old now, and, you know, your quality of life isn't so great. Uh, maybe it's time that we uh, <clears throat> give you the old Canada health care treatment, you know? And just uh, go ahead and, and have you check out early. It's a responsible thing to do, right? We're trying to, you know, reduce the Earth's carrying capacity. Isn't that, isn't that responsible? we got to save the, the planet and so forth. It's, it's, it's eugenics by any other name, and it's ugly. No matter how you try to dress it up with concern for this is an affirming, wonderful thing, and God would be pleased. I, I'm not so sure of that. Again, but then again, I haven't I haven't lost sight of the innocent life that's at stake too. <clears throat> Here's another example of uh, again turning reality on its head. Now, the Idaho Freedom Foundation points out in Idaho we passed age 71, protecting children from hormones, puberty blockers, and genital mutilation surgery. California is now doing the opposite, essentially mandating it. Now, this means Idaho legislators must decide who they are. Will they protect families or will they destroy them? Will they be the rhinos or will they be actual conservatives? This is what's happening in California. This is shocking. California Senate has passed AB 957, the most dangerous law facing California parents in decades, which will require parents to affirm the gender transition of any child, any age, any gender, every family, Every time, social or medical transition, no limits or else lose custody. The state is asserting ownership of your children. And they say that AB 957 ties affirmation, which is undefined, directly to the health, safety, and welfare of a child. Religious non-affirming parents will be deemed unsafe. Non-affirming parents will be deemed unsafe. 
And the call here is to stop AB 957 in the ASM concurrence vote, rather. This insanity will start start out in the family code and then just take over the rest of the codes like kudzu, choking out reason, science, judicial discretion, freedom. It's vague, arbitrary, capricious, and unconstitutional. So incredibly disappointing to see attorney legislators signing off on this. I mean, come on, California leads the way, but this sounds like... I don't know. It sounds it sounds like uh, daring the Almighty to do something, and I'm not sure that's a that's a really wise idea. Oh, let's talk about Idaho Leaders United. Since uh, since we're talking about uh, ferreting out the rhinos, this is as good a place as any. If you want to go on safari for some rhinos, or at least you know to observe them, you'll find them here. Known as a business friendly state. Idaho Leaders United tells us Idaho boasts abundant opportunities for local entrepreneurs and external investment. However, the rise of extremist activity and rhetoric threatens Idaho's economic prosperity. What they call extremist activity and rhetoric is principled conservatives standing up for their principles. Let them dig a little bit deeper here. The presence of extremist activity can create an atmosphere of instability and insecurity, deterring potential investors and tourists from engaging with a region or a community. People won't like us if you hold to your principles. Sometimes holding to principles, that's the price you pay. You don't get liked. I do like uh, Senator Brian Lenny's uh, observation. Extremist activity. Do the feds run this organization? They certainly uh, lend themselves towards that kind of language, don't they? Oh, here's here's a headline. This is from IdahoNews.com. Naked man arrested for indecent exposure in downtown Boise. Now, why why is this even an issue? Well, because uh, this was uh, this was in yesterday's uh, report. See, if he had just waited for a couple of days, just for this weekend, my gosh, he could have been part of Boise's Pride annual parade, and it all would have been good. Because Boise is a city for everyone, and that means everyone, according to Mayor Lauren McLean. You know, it may be a double standard, but at least you can't accuse them of of not having standards. All right, we'll leave on one lighter note. And and I got to give a tip of the hat to Brent Regan for sharing this photo. Hey, look what's on sale at Target. A Liberty gun safe packed to the gills with Bud Light. All right. That's a little something we can we can have a laugh over. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.